And sorry, I know you guys wanted to clap, but everything I'm going to say is going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> how do you pay, man? Uh, if you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash, homie. Mama, there goes that man. Hello. Hi. Come on in. The water's fine. In Kentucky, while they may end a 31-year losing streak to the University of Florida, this is Carson Sack Podcast, where we talk balls. This is episode 37. We've done 37 of these. How about that? This thing could run for president in the United States if it wanted to, if each episode was a year. That's how old this thing is. I am Carson Karras, and it is a pleasure to have you with me on Carson Sack. Before we get into it, I'm going to try something different this week. I'm going to tell you to like, rate, subscribe, review, all that good shit on iTunes at the start of the episode instead of the end. So do that for me. That's a big help. That's going to shoot me right up the iTunes charts, let me tell you. I am at a comfortable spot at 282 on the sports rankings charts for iTunes. I just made that up. I have no idea where I am, but I'd like to say probably 282. But go ahead, do that for me on iTunes. Light, rate, review, subscribe. Now, that that is taken care of. We have a lot to talk about this week. We've got college football week two and UK probably with its biggest win in program history in 10 years, winning in the swamp in Gainesville at Florida, ending the 31-year streak. We have more college football to look forward to in week three with some huge matchups. The first week of NFL was a doozy setting up to be what is going to be, one can only describe as a hectic year, I feel like, in the NFL. And then we look at week two in the NFL as well. So just come on in. Water's fine, like I said before. Sit back, relax, because this is going to be a hell of a Carson Sack podcast. Oh, yeah, but first, we have the rapid-fire recap of NFL Week 1. Let's go. First game, boom, in the Battle of the Birds to start off the year, the Falcons and the Eagles. Nick Foles took his nine-incher and doubled it, putting 18 points on the board as the Eagles' defense stifled. Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Eagles win this one, 18. Next game, boom, Browns, Steelers, and a tie is kind of like kissing your sister, unless your sister is fairly hot. But... That's just what these two teams did. Kiss the hell out of their sister like they're from Kentucky. 21-21 final OT to get the year started, and the Browns have not lost a game. First time since 2004, the Browns are kept out of the loss column in the first week of the NFL season. Wooey, here we go, Brownies. Here we go. It looks like it's your year. Oh, James Conner, next game. Boom. Joe Waka Flocka Falco went hard in the paint in this one for his dogs as the Ravens win this one 47-3. Nathan Peterman doesn't have a touchdown to interception ratio. No, ladies and gentlemen, he has an 
completion to interception ratio. How does that man still have a job in the NFL? But once again, the Ravens win this one 40. Next game, boom. Saquon Barkley's NFL debut, and he rushes for a 68 yard touchdown. Misses the magic number by one. 69. Nice. But. All in veil as the Jaguars win this one 20 to 15 against the G-Men. Next game, boom, Houdini Fitzpatrick, excuse me, Houdini Fitzmagic, excuse me, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Buccaneers go marching into the Superdome of New Orleans and come out with a victory 48 to 40 against Drew Brees and the... Next game, boom, death. Taxes and the Patriots are 1-0 in the NFL after week one. Rob Gronkowski was spiking things all over the place like it was a high school prom punch bowl this weekend as the Patriots win this one 27-20 to get the win over Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. Next game, boom, Jimmy G must have thought it was New York Fashion Week instead of NFL Week 1. Get it? Because he's good looking, he could be a model, blah, blah, blah. I'm working here, I'm trying. But the 49ers go down to the Vikings 24-16 as Kirk Cousins put on a dazzling performance to lead the Vikings to the victory. Next game, boom, Battle of the Andes, Andy Dalton and Andy Locke. But don't forget about the Nard Dog. Did you know we went to Cornell? Let's go Big Red. Dalton and Big Red get it done 34-23 against Andrew Luck's first game back in the NFL. Next game, boom, Seahawks-Broncos. Broncos opening up a Case Keenum of whoop-ass on the Seahawks. 27-24 as they get back in the win column. Next game, boom, Aaron Mr. Rogers asks the Bears, Oh, won't you be my neighbor? Won't you be my neighbor? Because Roger says, not in my house, as he comes back from a first half injury to lead the Packers back to a miraculous win, 24-23 on Sunday night football. Next game, boom. Jets line Sam Darnold has all the Jets fans saying, I'll be back, as he lights it up in his NFL debut, 48-17 to get the Jets the win on Monday night football. Last game. Boom, Rams, Raiders, Chucky, John Gruden. Girl, why you gotta fight with me at Cheesecake? You know that's just some child's play. Get it, because Chucky was from the movie Child's Play. Oh, who gives a hoot? Just couldn't get it done as the Rams win this one 33-13. Beast mode deactivated. Y'all ready for this? That'll do it for Rapid Fire Recap of Week 1 in the NFL. Now we look to some pivotal games of Week 2, and we have to look no further than the Thursday night game for an AFC North matchup that is already a crucial, some would say must-win game for both of these teams because the AFC North is such a tough division. You have Baltimore going to Cincinnati. Flacco looked real good Week 1 for the Ravens. 236 yards and 3 touchdowns. Joe Mixon had 17 carries and 95 yards and a touchdown for the Bengals. In his second year, his first game of that, A.J. Green did A.J. Green things, six receptions, 92 yards, and a touchdown. I like Cincinnati in this one. That pains me to say it. I hate both of these teams, but I think at home, uh, Thursday night, Cincinnati gets it done. 
in a big way. And I think Andy Dalton has a very big game. I'm thinking three touchdowns, maybe over 300 yards. I just think that's what it's going to take for the Bengals to get it done. I think that defense shows up. They sign their two pass rushers as well. I think they get after Flacco a little bit. I also think that we're going to see a little bit of Lamar Jackson in actual meaningful time this weekend. So just keep a lookout on that. I'm not saying he's going to come in and be the quarterback, but I'm saying definitely that Harbaugh is going to run a few plays for him. Maybe trick plays. I don't know. Maybe just put him in running plays. But I definitely think we're going to see Lamar Jackson get some meaningful snaps this week. But to no avail, the Bengals are going to win this one against the Ravens. The next game we have to look at, we have the 0-0-1 Browns going to the Saints 0-1. This game is going to be at 1 p.m. in New Orleans on Fox. I think the Saints win this one. I think it's a close game for about two and a half quarters. So right around the end of the third, I think the Saints start pulling away. I think Alvin Kamara has a big game in this one. The <clears throat> the Browns couldn't really stop James Conner when they well they did when they needed to but he had over 100 yards he had two touchdowns and I think Alvin Kamara is an even better back catching and running the ball than uh, James Conner is I just think the Saints are going to be able to exploit that I do think Tyrod does have a good game because the Saints defense really I mean last year they have the rookie of the year, Marshawn Lattimore, they had they were one of the highest scoring defenses in the NFL, and it seems like they're kind of taking a step back, and that's just not going to get it done if they intend on doing anything this year because Sean Payton said this team they've done, they tried to do what they did Sunday. High scoring games have Drew Brees bail them out, and the offense put up all these huge numbers, and it just didn't get didn't get them wins, didn't get it done, and it showed again Sunday. It's just not going to work this in the NFL. They got to be able to run the ball, and I think once they get Mark Ingram back in Week Four, Five, however many games he's suspended, I think it'll work out just fine for them. But until then, that defense needs to get a lot better. But I think they take a step in the right direction, do the Saints this week, and get a win against the Browns. The next game we look at is another pivotal game. You could say that the Chiefs go to the Steelers. The Steelers 0-0-1 after tying with the Browns. I like the Steelers in this one. I think Mike Tomlin is going to have the Steelers coming out pissed off, ready to play. I think James Conner gets the ball at least 30 times like he did last week. I think they try to impose their will on the Chiefs. Really be able to use the play-action pass because I do think the run game is going to work really well for James Conner and the Steelers again this week. Opening up for Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Suster, who has over 1,000 yards already on his career receiving shout out to you Juju that's incredible that's awesome super happy for you I like the Steelers in this one I think Patrick Mahomes has a few costly turnovers in this one just growing pains as your second game starting I think the Steelers defense and the pressure they were getting on with TJ Watt and Bud Dupree will be enough to help them and pressure Mahomes into some bad decisions some bad throws maybe a strip sack here or there I just think the Steelers defense and the rest of that team comes out pissed off ready to play and they get the W next another important NFC South matchup we have the Panthers going to the Falcons I like the Falcons in this one I think Matt Ryan and the rest of that offense is ready to show that hey we're really not as shitty as we played on the first game of the season on that Thursday night I think Matt Ryan's gonna come out and light it up I think Julio has at least two touchdowns yeah I said it too he's gonna have as many touchdowns as he had last year in one game 
this year. Yeah, I said it. I think it's going to happen. I think they've heard about it, how they can't get him the ball in the red zone, how the red zone offense is terrible. I think Steve Sarkeesian isn't as bad as everybody's making him out to be. And I just think that's the case. I think Devontae Freeman has a nice game as well, very complimentary game, but I think the star of the show is Julio Jones in this one. Then we have the Texans at the Titans, both these teams 0-1. If they want to stay competitive in the AFC South with the Jaguars, somebody's going to have to win this one. I think the Texans, John Hopkins, and Sean Watson take over this one, and I'm really rooting for Mike Vrabel as a head coach. I like him. He's an Ohio State guy. was a great player. Um, just a touchdown catching machine in New England when he decided to play tight end, but I just don't think the Texans are going to lose this one to the Titans. Even though it is in uh, Nashville, I just don't see it happening for the Titans. Now, what I think is going to be the game of the week, the Vikings go to the Packers. I think the Packers are going to try and come out and really just sling the rock all over the field. I don't foresee it going too well. I think the Vikings pass rush is good enough to get after Aaron Rodgers. Questions about his knee, his leg. How's it doing? Is he going to be able to be mobile and extend plays, scramble like he's so good at doing? You could see in the second half of his game on Sunday night against the Bears that he was having a hard time being mobile. I get that that was the night that the injury happened. Maybe six days off will do him some good, get him healthy, get him ready. If he is, I still don't think it's enough for the Packers to get it done against the Vikings. I know it's super hard to go into Lambeau and win, but... I think the upgraded quarterback for the Vikings with Cousins is what's going to propel them to being able to do that. And I think Diggs and Thielen both have a touchdown apiece this week. And don't forget about Davin, Dalvin Cook. He's going to be necessary for this team throughout the year. But I especially think in games like this where you have a dynamic offense on the other side, you being able to control the clock, control ball control, and keep that offense off the field is huge. It gives you your time for your defense to rest. I think he has a very nice game as well. Maybe not a huge statistical game, but in terms of game flow and what I mentioned ago, ball control and keeping your defense off the field, I think he has a very good game in that as well. The Sunday night game, we have the Giants and the Cowboys, both these teams in the NFC East 0-1, a huge rivalry game. I like the Cowboys in this one. I just think Ezekiel Elliott is going to be too much for the Giants defense. Same on the other side, though. Saquon Barkley could have a huge game as well. I just think that the Cowboys defense makes a few more plays when they need to. Maybe an inter costly interception here, a strip sack here or there. I just, I just don't think Eli is anywhere near as good as he was years ago. And I mean, that's understandable. You decline when you get older, everything like that. But... I just think the Cowboys win this one. Dak Prescott has to learn to throw the ball down the field. I don't know when that's going to happen, but in this one, I don't think it's going to be that huge of a factor. I think they get the ball to Zeke at least 30 times, and he puts on a performance on Sunday night. Then, Monday night football game, Seahawks go to the Bears. Both these teams crushing losses in Week 1. The Bears a little bit more crushing. I like the Seahawks in this one. I think Chris Carson and Russell Wilson going to have to decide is this offensive line good enough for either of those guys to succeed because Russell Wilson 
Not much time to throw the ball. Chris Carson trying to do his best running the ball behind that offensive line. They're out. They're without Doug Baldwin as well. So Brandon Marshall now has to step up. I know I said I like the Seahawks in this one, but I think it's going to be a very close game. And it's probably going to be an ugly game. I'm really interested to see how the Bears come out after the heartbreaking loss. Cleo Mack was a fucking monster in his first game for the Bears. He looks like Ladane, uh, Lawrence Taylor. Not Ladanian Tomlinson, excuse me. Lawrence Taylor. He looks like it. Like, in the face to me, he looks like him. That His facial hair is freaking beast. I love it. Khalil Mack, you are a damn good player. Um, unfortunately, you don't play offense, and yeah, you did have a strip sack and an interception touchdown, so you did produce points, but I just don't feel that happening every week. I do think you have a good game, and that Bears defense is very good. They have so many complimentary pieces around Khalil as well that they can now produce and get numbers as well, but I just think the Seahawks somehow pull out this win on Monday Night Football. Okay, we've talked NFL, now we get to talk college football, and I'm just going to get the big one right out of the way. Kentucky went to Gainesville. They beat Florida 27-16, snapping a 31-year losing streak. Some stats on this one, Terry Wilson went 11 for 16, 151 yards and two touchdowns. He also carried the ball 10 times for 105 yards and a touchdown. Benny Snell, 27 carries and 175 yards, zero touchdowns, but it did not matter. Holy shit, is this the biggest win in Kentucky football history? Quite possibly, yes. What... What a scene in Lexington it was afterwards. Cars being flipped over, fires being lit, and the students being lit as well. What a time. Unfortunately, I was working at the time, but still, it was a crazy environment. Kentucky plays Murray State this coming week. I definitely think that's a victory for them. But hats off to Mark Stoops, Kentucky, and the rest of that staff finally getting that monkey off their back. Give Mark Stoops a statue in front of Kroger Field. I don't give a shit. I think he deserves it after that. Not really, but you know what I'm saying. Huge win for Kentucky in that one. Ohio State, moving on. Ohio State put the hurt to Rutgers, 52-3. to Dwayne Haskins continues his Heisman campaign, 233 yards and four touchdowns. The rushing leader for the Buckeyes, though, Tate Martell, freshman quarterback, eight carries, 95 yards, and a touchdown. Receiving, Johnny Dixon had four receptions, 89 yards, and two touchdowns, and that Buckeye defense was all over Rutgers. They have a huge matchup this coming week that we are going to talk about in a little bit. And what some people were thinking was going to be a close game, game of the week type thing, did not turn out to be at all. Georgia went to South Carolina and beat the shit out of the Gamecocks. Uh, Jake Fromm, 194 yards and one touchdown. Holyfield, the running back for Georgia, 76 yards and a touchdown just all over the place. Jay Bentley, the quarterback for South Carolina, 269 yards, a touchdown, but two costly interceptions. And Georgia was able to keep... Uh, Debo Samuels, I believe is his name, just, they shut him down, and he's such a huge playmaker for South Carolina, so, close game is what people thought, but just wasn't going to be the case, and what was, turned out to be the closest game of the weekend, Clemson went to Texas A&M, and eked out a victory, 28-26, to 
And Kelly Bryant, 205 yards and a touchdown. On the ground, he had 54 yards and a touchdown. And Jimbo Fisher, like I said, he knows how to play Dabo Sweeney close. And Texas A&M had a chance, two-point conversion near the end of regulation to come up and tie it, and they just couldn't get it done. I still think the question mark at quarterback for Clemson is really going to come back and bite him in the ass sometime sooner than later. But until then, we're just going to ride with Kelly and Ferguson and see what goes on from there. But sooner or later, it's going to come back and bite him. Then what I thought was going to be a bit of an upset just wasn't the case. Um, Stanford ended up beating USC 17 to 3. Bryce Love had 22 carries, 136 yards, and a touchdown. Daniels, the freshman quarterback for USU, USC, who I thought was going to light it up, 215 yards and two interceptions. So some freshman mistakes in a very big game already, second week of the season, but oh well. I don't know. In no way did I think USC was going to be a contender or anything this year. I just thought they had a chance after Stanford playing pretty poorly in the first week, come out and surprise some people, but that just wasn't the case. And then another game I got wrong, but. It's kind of clear now Michigan State could be a fraud. Arizona State, Herm Edwards picks up the victory 16-3. Wilkins for Arizona State, their quarterback, 380 yards and a touchdown, put up some huge numbers. Uh, Brian Lewerke for Michigan State, their quarterback, 314 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Um, Brandon Rees. The kicker for Arizona State hit a game-winning field goal as time expired to put the uh, Sun Devils over the Spartans. I don't know where Michigan State goes from here. They had a tough first week against Utah State, and now this. It's not looking good for Sparty. And Herm Edwards, holy shit, you're 2-0. How the hell did this happen? Now let's move on to week three of the NCAA football, college football season. The biggest game this weekend is Ohio State, fourth in the country, not really going to TCU, but playing in Jerry World, playing TCU. I think Ohio State wins this one. I think they win it handily. I think Dwayne Haskins, it's about time he has his coming out party, and what better state should do it? Monday on Saturday, not Monday, what the hell? He's going to be playing on Monday nights when he's in the freaking league but first he's going to take care of TCU he already has nine touchdowns on the year 546 yards I think J.K. Dobbins has a big game as well TCU's defense is very good their quarterback Robinson 336 yards and four touchdowns already on the year and then on the ground 112 yards and three touchdowns already for him he's a dual threat quarterback but I don't think TCU has really seen a defense like Ohio State's playing in the Big 12 not really known for defense. I just don't think that they're going to be ready for what Ryan Day and Greg Schiano is going to have for them on defense. And I think Haskins has a huge coming out party in this one, and the Buckeyes get it done. And the next game we can look at, not really look at, but just a little bit of note, Robbie Anderson, the running back for Oklahoma, he is out for the year. Oklahoma plays Iowa State, Iowa State. Beat Oklahoma last year. I think Iowa State is going to keep this game close, but I, at the end of the day, I think Oklahoma has enough talent to get it done. Then Vanderbilt goes to Notre Dame. I think this is going to be extremely, extremely low scoring, but at the end of the day, uh, Wimbush for Notre Dame is going to get it done, and the Irish are going to go to 3-0 and and probably vault their way into the top five of the rankings. Then in what 
Some are also going to say it's probably the biggest game of the week. LSU, 12th in the country, goes to Auburn in a huge rivalry game. Joe Burrow on the year, 291 yards and two touchdowns for LSU at quarterback. Jared Stidham, 386 yards and two touchdowns. And then Whitlow, the running back for Auburn, 150 yards and one touchdown. I have struggled with this game. I think it's going to be a very good game. I like Auburn in this one strictly for the fact that it's at Auburn. I think it's going to be a very good game. I think it could come down to has the ball last. And it pains me because I do like LSU a lot this year. They have Joe Burrow, the Ohio State transfer. Coach O is a hell of a guy. But I just think Gus Malzahn and his offense, how well they performed this year, is just going to really continue. And Auburn is going to be able to get the job done. And I think that they get after Burrow a little bit and him playing on the road in his first, I don't want to say his first big game because Miami was a very big game and they ended up getting it done, but I just think first big SEC game could get to Burrow a little bit and he could make a few costly mistakes. And I think Auburn is a good enough team where you can't really do that and they're good enough that they capitalize on those mistakes so they end up getting it done. Um, Another note, kind of, just away from sports, West Virginia was going to take on North Carolina State. That game is canceled because of the Hurricanes. I hope everyone in the Carolinas, North and South Carolina, and anyone else that could potentially be affected by those Hurricanes is okay. Get out of there if you can. Stay safe if you do end up staying there. I don't know why you would stay there, but that's your choice. Just be safe. Um, that stuff sucks. And... It's terrible that it affects not only a football game, but actual people's lives and everything like that. So to anybody that can be potentially affected by the hurricanes that are supposed to hit the Carolinas, um, I feel for you. And it sucks that the game had to be canceled, but doing the right thing and hopefully preventing people from further damage or further loss. BYU, moving on. Takes on Wisconsin, BYU upset Arizona the first week. Um, I don't think that's the case this week at all. I think James Taylor has a very big game. He's already got 398 yards and four touchdowns on the year. Alex Hornibrook has played all right. I just don't think BYU really has a chance. I just think it's another big game for James Taylor um, in his Heisman campaign. Another game to look at that is a top 25 matchup. Boise State, 17th in the country, glow, goes to, yeah, they glowed up, but they go to Oklahoma State, who's 24th in the country. Cornelius, the quarterback for Oklahoma State, already with 728 yards and six touchdowns. And then Ripon, the quarterback for Boise State, who also just, their offense, even without um, Patterson, Peterson, ah, Whoever the coach, Peterson, excuse me, sorry, went to Washington. Their offense never really skipped a beat. They were always kind of this sling it, throw it around offense, and they still are. Like I said, ripen for them at quarterback. 667 yards and seven touchdowns on the year. And then Madison, the running back for them, 171 yards and three touchdowns. I like Oklahoma State in this one just because it's at Oklahoma State. But take the over, hammer it. What is the over in this one? Um... I don't see it. I apologize. But hammer the over. Um, all in on that. But 
It's going to be a close game, but I like Oklahoma State to get it done in this one. Alabama goes to Ole Miss. Ole Miss has already really always played them close in the last couple years. I think that might be the case for about a quarter, maybe the first half, but I just think Alabama has too much talent this year to be close again, and I think Alabama wins this one. And I think Jalen Hurts, yeah, not Tua. Jalen Hurts has a very big game. I think Tua might get in some trouble, might turn the ball over, and Nick Saban turns to the veteran, the guy who doesn't turn the ball over, and Jalen comes in and saves him. Yeah, I said it. This is the week that the quarterback controversy for Alabama really starts sparking up. Ben, in the battle of the who's back, like who's really back battle, USC goes to Texas. I like USC in this one. I just don't think Texas is really there. Um, Daniels, the quarterback for USC, I think it's – I thought it was going to be last week, but now I think it's this week. I think this is the week that he shows up and has a big game. Then the next game – in the Pac-12, we need to look at Washington goes to Utah. I like Utah on this one. Oh, I can't believe I said that. I like Utah on this one to keep it close. I changed my mind. I think Jake Browning is going to have a big game for Washington. I think it's close. It's also a nightcap game at 10 p.m. Stop. I apologize for going off my phone. Terrible. I shouldn't have done that. But... Washington, Utah, I think it's going to be close, but Washington and Jake Browning just have, I think, too much firepower on offense. And then Gaskin as well. He's only had one touchdown in the year and 128 yards, only 32 carries. I think maybe it's time for them to unleash him, impose his will on Utah and get the W for Washington. Then the last game, Herm Edwards and the goddamn Arizona State Sun Devils somehow 2-0. They go to San Diego State. I think the honeymoon phase is over, and I think San Diego State wins that one. That's it for this week's episode of Carson Sack. Next week, we have college football, we have NFL, and we also have some Ryder Cup talk. And the MLB playoffs are going to be starting here pretty soon, so we're going to look at those potential matchups as well, either next week or the week after that. I just want to thank you all for tuning in and supporting me. I truly, truly appreciate it. Once again, this was Carson Sack episode 37. Couldn't be here without you all sharing, liking, retweeting, doing everything you do, subscribing. I truly, truly appreciate it. It means the world to me. I've had people come up and talk to me about this podcast and everything since I've been doing it two years ago, and it's only grown. I've had more people come up to me when I'm at work, when I'm out. Hey, I like this episode. Hey, this last week's episode was really good. Blah, 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 all this other stuff. It truly means a lot to me. So I'm going to keep doing it. And I've done the math. 50th is going to be around bowl season. And it's astounding to me that I'm going to be have done 50 of these. But those are 13 weeks away. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. But golly, what a time. But once again, thank you for listening to Carson Sack, where we talk balls, episode 37. And as we always end here on the sack, we will be seeing you.